Clayton Fresno. This is Life, Family, Liberty, brought to you by the California Family Council. And just walking into the room right now, yes, he's just here right as the start of his own show begins, it's your host, Mr. Jonathan Keller. Hey, everybody. Hope everyone is doing well. Thanks for starting the show. I guess I, I mistimed that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yes, a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, but great to be with you. Hope you all had a very wonderful Easter weekend. John, thank you for opening the show so graciously. Not a problem. Not a problem. How was, um, how was your Easter with the three girls and the guy at home? Uh, it was all right. Um, we we're all tired and cranky so anyway <laughs> well i um it's not appropriate for um radio but i did see holly's instagram post so you, since uh, when it, since when is something being inappropriate uh <laughs> limited our ability well to talk that's about true it on the radio. well this would actually i think involve an fcc fine if i if i precisely quoted your response to the disappointing easter egg reveal yes oh yes yes uh yeah so um maddie and sophie and i were at save mart we were shopping for some cheapo Easter baskets, in fact, and as we were at Save Mart, they had an Easter egg hunt for all the for kiddos. It was starting; happened to be starting right as we were there. So I thought, oh, okay, well, we're already here. We got Free Easter candy. baskets. Come why? On. Why the heck not? Maddie and Sophie will have fun. They go throughout. They put Easter eggs all throughout the produce section. Maddie and Sophie went around, made out like bandits, got a whole bunch of Easter eggs, all of them filled with candy. And in time-honored tradition, it is the parents' job to inspect. Well, of course, I mean, you can't you can't leave such an important task to children. That would be irresponsible. So, uh, Easter evening that night, uh, I go. We start. I start opening up the Easter eggs, and Holly said, "I already checked. It's nothing but Tootsie Rolls." And that is that's got to be the most disappointing thing ever. We have this huge basket full of Easter eggs. They're all full of Tootsie Rolls. Wow. And not just chocolate Tootsie Rolls, but also the the also very mediocre, not very good fruit-flavored Tootsie Rolls. And I just want to ask America, or at least the city of Fresno, I just want to ask Facebook you, I just want to ask all of you, do you genuinely like Tootsie Rolls? Because I feel like we've just been continuing to eat them as a nation just because they're there and just because, well, Grandpa had them as a candy. Well, Tootsie Rolls don't taste good. They just don't. They, they're they very mediocre. They're really chewy. They get stuck in your teeth. And they don't really taste very much like chocolate. They, they kind of taste sort of vaguely chocolate-y. But it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible candy. And we need to be a bit more responsible about this. So... This is my rant against not all old-fashioned candies. M&Ms are great, okay? A lot of uh, licorice, great old-fashioned candy. But yes. uh, basically, it was full of Tootsie Rolls, dots. <laughs> Any Anyone ever had a craving for some dots? Not really. And Smarties, Smarties, which yeah. are just sugar pills. That's all it is. <laughs> Chewable, like it's like a Tums, that's, but that's made out of what, sugar. That's actually what they use in placebo medicine tests. You Literally, know, they, they want to give yeah. you fake medicine. They give you just a roll of Smarties. Yeah, it's also say, yeah, take two of these and also, call me in the morning. It's also fake candy. It's basically just sugar in a chewable pill form. It's like Tums, but but not as you know, doesn't help a health problem. So, I, no, I that agree. being said, 
shame on you, Save Mart, for getting all the these extra Tootsie Rolls, not knowing what to do with them, <laughs> and just pawning them off on unsuspecting children and their unsuspecting parents. Well, um, we had a slightly better, slightly better uh, St. Patrick's Day. No, not St. Patrick's Day. I'm mixing up my holidays. Slightly better <laughs> Easter. Uh, the reason I said St. Patrick's Day is because <laughs> what? there are really only... Other than Christmas, there are, well, I guess Thanksgiving, but there are two big holidays that we celebrate with my wife's family, and though we those are the spring holidays, which are St. Patrick's Day and Easter. Okay. Even though my parents-in-law are not Catholic. Um, they're not Irish they, either, are they? Well, they're, my, my father-in-law of. is mildly Irish, Scottish. <laughs> he's got a minor McClellan, case. McClellan, <laughs> he's got, and Julia just messaged me and says, Tootsie Rolls are disgusting. Okay, yes, Johnny, there we preach. go. There we go. I'm glad I got some support from Julia Keller and uh, Holly Girardi is very much in agreement. Tootsie Rolls do feel like they are kind of like a secret plot by the Dentist Association of America to drum up business. What's something that would cause a ton of cavities and people assume it's something you're supposed to do? It's like how how the the diamond industry kind of created itself. These aren't actually very rare, but if we just pretend that a diamond is forever... And similar, as I've heard, that lobster back like way back when used to be the peasant food used to because it's a yeah. trash fish it's like a garbage yeah. fish and it's, it was, it's a bug it's it was a, all you're re- as jimmy gaffigan says all you're really saying when you say i like lobster is i like butter because that's the only way you can stomach that the and, nasty and you had, crawfish you had people in maine and massachusetts that said how can we rebrand this horrible scavenging fish to be a delicacy the rich aha so there uh, you go. Here we go. All right. So, folks, as you can tell, I, we like to start the show um, when I am late with a little bit of random stuff. <laughs> so that's that just fun. So that Jonathan has time to yeah, just set up his no. computer, take off his sunglasses, all, all that arranged. stuff that you get to see on Facebook. You could be seeing all the craziness um, if you were watching this live on Facebook. Go to cal- Facebook.com slash California Family, and you can see all of the magic happen. But in addition to that, John, um, there is actually quite a bit of stuff that we could talk about today. Um, we could, for example, talk about, I, I, I have to back up and say, I, I don't often get into the, um, I don't often get into the discussion on culture war issues outside of life, family, and liberty. Like, for example, sure. I, I don't often, as an organization, California Family Council and, uh, and Right to Life Central California, uh, neither of us. Neither of us talk about um, like the Colin Kaepernick kneeling controversy very we much. Not. We don't talk a lot about other tor- types of boycotts and things. And generally, if there are things that are symbolic from a cultural perspective, it's like, okay, there's a lot of shows. There's a lot of stations on your dial that can talk about those. But there was something today, and I looked, and I'm, I'm seeing something trending on Twitter, and I'm like, why is – I'm seeing all these Christian people in my feed – uh, pushing back and talking about Easter worshipers. And I said, Easter worshipers? What the heck are Easter worshipers? I'm like, what? So I went and I looked and I did some digging. And I found out that yesterday, you may have seen, there was a really horrific attack in Sri Lanka. There were multiple suicide bombings in the country of Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like there are almost 300 people that are dead. Uh, as a result of these bombings, there are hundreds of people that were injured. People were, there were suicide bombings that were carried out at um, uh, churches across the country. And again, I mean, what a horrific thing to think that 
hundreds of people would be blown up in the middle of the most holy day of the Christian calendar. John, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is is Easter in itself a, is it actually a religion that I was not aware of, like the actual idea of Easter, that you worship Easter itself, like you, you worship the Easter bunny? or um, uh, that, not, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. Is, I mean, is, is Easter just kind of a general religious feel-good holiday like the 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 spring solstice or the i mean hallmark summer solstice hallmark has kind of you know published a lot of easter cards with, yeah. on that basis but no not really i mean not does, a, as, as a as charlie a, brown seems to think so yeah exactly yeah well and obviously you and i uh, are from uh we stand on different sides of the tiber as it were you know mm-hmm. you are a roman catholic i am a um, I'm, I'm a confused evangelical who has a lot of a uh, lot of Catholic and Orthodox and Greek Orthodox Come sympathies. Come on in, the, the water's, water's fine. fine. But I, th- the reason I say it, I have a great appreciation for church history as well. Um, not not as well, much as clearly not. That yeah, great. yeah, not as not as much as you do. <laughs> but were that great. Just kidding. But, just kidding. But but the reason not I bring really. it up is that I I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I've always kind of thought that Easter was kind of like an exclusively explicitly christian holiday like it's explicitly More or less, yeah it, like the whole entire point of it is that it's actually associated with the resurrection of jesus christ which is kind of like the in its original sense yes it is an exclusively christian thing and, jewish people would not celebrate an authentic right. uh, and and to our jewish listeners and friends this is not a disparagement of you in any way this is just that is an accurate description yes i think they would generally agree i mean as as ben shapiro said uh, he said you know yeah people have asked me why don't, why don't i become a christian he goes well i'm a jew i'm kind of not on board with the whole jesus thing and there it's you like go. you know what you know, hey that's I, how it happened. I, I i i can understand that that's your current position so all that to say john this was the tweet that the 44th president of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, tweeted. Thank, thank you for clarifying all of that. Um, we wouldn't have known if you just said Barack Obama. That's true. This is what President Obama said, former President Obama said yesterday, uh, in response to the Sri Lanka attack. The attack on tourists and Easter worshipers in Sri Lanka are an attack on humanity. On a day devoted to love, redemption, and renewal, we pray for the victims and stand with the people of Sri Lanka. Now, the second sentence is totally fine. On a day devoted to love, redemption, renewal, I mean, okay, yes, you can say that Jesus' resurrection is certainly devoted to love, um, redemption, renewal. I think it's great to pray. What's an Easter worshiper? That's a great question. Can you define that for me, John? I don't know. Someone who is worshiping on Easter, I guess. But what are you worshiping? Uh, Jesus Christ. What, what is there another term that, like, I don't know, for the last 2,000 years, maybe people who engage in Easter worship have chosen for themselves? Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the weirder thing is not that just President Obama said it, but then uh, <laughs> Hillary Clinton said it. Use the exact same language of Easter worshippers on this and holy travelers. weekend. On this holy weekend, for many faiths, many faiths. Now, yes, it's true that this did coincide with Passover. That's true, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think it was Jewish synagogues that were actually attacked in Sri Lanka. Also, uh, Julian Castro, who's running for president, one of the eighteen thousand. Julian Castro. Julian, Julian me. Castro. Excuse me. Julian Castro. Uh, one of the 18,000 people running for president on the Democrat side. He also used Easter worshipers. 
it it's making me think like they all have the same Playbook? PR person yeah. who, well, or or maybe even literally the same PR person who writes all yeah. their tweets. So here is here is Harry Ketchacharian, um, a Daily Wire contributor. He says, quote, should we say Christians? No, no, that's too strong. People who celebrate Easter, still too strong. Let's go with Easter worshipers, but they don't worship Easter worshipers. Mm-hmm. That's well, Elizabeth Warren used a form of this also. So I think the thing is they don't want to they point don't want out. To say it's they, an well, on well they don't they don't want to point out this is an attack by I believe it's Muslim terrorists yes. attacking Christians. Yes. On Easter. Yes. So that is religiously motivated and extremist. Uh, it's uh, like I said, we don't often talk about these, but I think this is an important enough thing that we're gonna spend at least a little bit of time on it today. And when we come back, we will keep talking about some of the craziness that forces people to deny outright reality on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. Happy to be with you today. It is the 22nd of April. There is quite a bit going on. It is Earth Day, which we will talk almost nothing about. Great. Uh, Also joined with me, that cantankerous voice you hear in the other microphone is John Girardi. Good to be here. I would be cantankerous too if I did not get anything but trash candy in my... In Easter fairness, eggs. we got a ton of other candy that was less trashy. That's so, good. So we're, we're we're doing just fine as it relates to uh, desserts over at the uh, Girardi house, including a couple of uh, Holly Girardi specialties. Oh, some leftover Right to Life golf tournament cheesecake. Ooh. So we're, we're we're doing just fine. Well, so let me ask you though, John. Uh, I realize it's the reason why people tune in every Monday morning is to hear you and I break down. Um, the candy draft, but what are your, what are your top three or five favorite Easter candies? Um, well, the the carrots that are f- the, the pretend like carrots that are full of orange Reese's pieces. Oh that's yes. high up there. That, oh that's, yeah, that's making a big appearance yep. at the Girardi House. Uh, any any Reese's product really is. It, it can't go wrong. Do, do as, you, far, as far as uh, grocery store purchased candies. That's kind of it. Now, if you're talking about what's in the Girardi house right now, uh, we have some Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cups Ooh. that I'm, I've got my you're, eye on. You're I'm, going I'm scoping that out. Go scoping that out. Um, and then we we just cl- cleaned off a Holly Girardi strawberry pie, which was pretty great. Um, so yeah, we're, we're we're doing just fine as it relates to desserts. Do you agree with me that the I saw someone post this. It's not original to me, but that the uh, Reese's Easter egg is the best type of Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh, I don't know. They they all kind of taste the same. I think. I don't know. I mean, see, is it a little bigger? It, it's. I mean, it's, it's a little smaller, isn't it? Well, so it's I, sort of more compact. And it, it is, but the, I think the main reason. So it's okay is, to eat eight of them as opposed yes, to like one yes. peanut butter cup. And yeah. the and the other thing about it is that number one, the eggs do not have those weird kind of sharp jaggedy edges that the normal Reese's peanut butter oh, cups I, do. I, I like the jaggedy edges. But, but it, also, it also has the highest ratio of peanut butter to chocolate 
of any of the Reese's products. I, I like the chocolate though. Oh yeah. man, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I like having the the ridge the ridged edges of the. Oh geez, this sounds like a different show. Uh, the ridged <laughs> edges of the um, uh, <laughs> ridged for my pleasure uh, of the peanut butter cup to because uh, I like having a little extra chocolate on the sides there, and I know I can get the peanut butter in the middle. Wow, this went off the rails. I, I agree with you. So, <laughs> do you really want to be agreeing with anything I'm saying? So, uh, all right. Anyway, that's yes. Reese's peanut butter cups are good. Um, as are go. as are Reese's peanut butter eggs. They're all very tasty. Yes. There I'm we go. just waiting for our wives to text us, text us, and say uh, we need to immediately Let's shut stop, off the show. Stop. Stop. Um, <laughs> alert. Alert. All right. All right. Anyway, so uh, Easter worshippers. Yes. Easter worshipers. I want to go back and I want to read someone just posted here on Twitter that they did a search and they found out that in the previous, um, the previous, oh, uh, Darren Nyberg just said this cold open is lit. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. <laughs> yes, there you go. Lit was what I'm, I was I'm shooting glad for. You're, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Right. Uh, someone on said that we're talking about Easter worshipers and the fact that apparently it looks like maybe one of the first times this came across the wire was, as producer Raphael said during the break, it looks like maybe it was the uh, AFP, the Associated uh, Foreign Press, put together something and they said at least 290 uh, are now known to have died in Sri Lanka after eight apparently coordinated explosions targeted Easter worshipers and high-end hotels popular with international guests. Uh, hence the tourist line. That Okay, so that makes sense. It was targeting uh, high-end hotels. Um, but the the thing that I will just say here, John, the, the, the Easter worshipers angle is a little bit a little bit crazy um yeah people pointing out um imagine uh, you know easter worshipers imagine if trump had tweeted ramadan worshipers you'd never hear the end of it of course well yeah and it's i i think or Passover we, we saw worshippers. i think we actually saw this after the fire at notre dame mm -hmm. that there were all these people who were getting mad by people having the natural reaction of this is a this is such a blow for Christianity or something. Yes. And as if they're saying, oh, you're, you're making this uh, something that you're pitting uh, Christianity against Islam or something. No, like it's a really important symbol for Christianity. It's not an important symbol for other religions. Right. Like, yeah. Like, sorry if you feel like this is threatening Islam in some way, but they don't want to actually say Christians were attacked because they feel like that is stoking right wing talking points that Islam does not like Christianity, which there are many strains of Islam that don't really like Christianity. Yes, and I, and I think it, it there is an argument I think among some elite circles in the United States to say there's no war on Christianity. Come on, there's this is no, ridiculous. No, even though there are literal wars happening in some countries on people who are Christians because they are Christians. Yes. No, there's no war on Christianity. And I, I think in an effort to not play into a, a Western American culture war angle of it, they say, we're going to try to twist these words and twist this because we can't possibly give any, uh, any credence to the idea that there is actually a theological difference between Christianity and Islam. Well, it's kind of it's kind of plays into the whole intersectionality thing. The idea that Christians in America and Western Europe, I guess, have been the dominant force politically, culturally, socially, etc., 
and therefore it's never appropriate to act as though Christianity is in any way being beleaguered or intimidated or persecuted or whatever. So uh, even though, even in clear instances where, yeah, this is, this is clearly persecuting Christians and there are certain other ways in our culture where Christianity is very clearly being certain aspects of Christianity are clearly being attacked and targeted for being driven out of public life. But no one wants to admit that because of this whole intersectionality thing of no, 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 no. You were dumb. You, you are culturally preferred or were historically culturally preferred for all this time. So now, therefore, you cannot claim victimhood ever. Only Muslims, even though there are more Muslims throughout the world than there are Christians, yep. um, but because they're a minority in the West, only Muslims, only, you know, all these different entities who are in some way, who are in some way perceived to be minority or persecuted or um, in some way marginalized in society other than Asians, uh, only they are allowed to uh, be the subject of pity and compassion. And I think it's a real problem, yeah, the, John. The, the, you know, me, me saying other than Asians was funny. I just want to note that. That was funny. <laughs> um, I, I think this is this is an issue for... Um, <laughs> just, you know, it's always a sign of a good joke when you have to explain to people yes. how funny it was. Hey. 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 Me the, throwing Asians in there as someone, even though Asians have been mitigated, have been persecuted at various points, are very much a minority, but no one ever cares about no. them in the intersectionality contest because they're really smart and successful. Yep, and, and so much so that they are actually uh, reverse discriminated. Well, against and there's a class the action time. lawsuit against Harvard University because, unlike if it were purely merit, action, yeah, well, if if Harvard were purely merit based, it would be like ninety percent Asian probably. Yes. it would look yes. like UCLA. And this is this is not uh, this is not stereotypical. This is just a a data driven observation that right. many people from Asian cultures are phenomenally good there test is. takers. They're phenomenally good students. And anyway. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay, so we're going to come back after this. We'll be back in a few minutes with some more information. We we, we want to talk not just about the Easter worshipers thing, although that's important. But, John, there's a blockbuster new grant of certiorari from well, the Supreme certiorari. Court. Is there a grant of certiorari? That, that is, would be more that, important. It's All right, exactly we'll talk about the I Supreme said. Court. When we come back on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. Happy to be with you today. Happy to be in the studios of Right to Life of Central California. Thanks to John Girardi and to our intrepid producer, Raphael, for... Well, Raphael has the last name, I guess I should say. Raphael Rodarte. He's not just producer Raphael. No, so. I, I took his last name away. Yeah. He doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> it was part of the terms of his employment. That's He's right. only his, his first name is producer. His last name is Raphael. That's right. It makes it, makes it confusing, but... Well, you know, that's that's the price you have to pay. You have to subsume your identity to the Borg. So when you work at Right to Life, that's, wow, how, that's a, how it goes. A sci-fi pop culture reference. I, I mean, like a 40-year-old one. No, no, no. Uh, Next Generation came out in 1987. It was 1994. <laughs> uh, Star, Star Trek First Contact was uh, December 2002. So that's your Borg. Yeah. Yeah. Nerd alert. Wife is the bigger sci-fi uh, f- aficionado than you are, right? Uh, 
she's a she knows more about Star Wars okay. than I do. So I think that's about it. I don't I don't know if Holly was too big into Star Trek. Star Trek. See, yeah. that is mostly my wife's family and my family were predominantly Star Trek families. Oh, so there you go. Okay. But anyway, that is your anyway. little bit of pop culture. Um so John, when we when we left, we were mentioning the fact that SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States. And it really, a, it really acronym. eliminates the whole point of the acronym if you're just going to repeat what it means. Yeah, I know. But okay. I, I, I like to sound cool, but then I also realize that some people don't know when we say SCOTUS, it's, it's well, they, they don't know what that means. Well, at least you're cool. That's right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. So anyway, SCOTUS has granted certiorari. Did I pronounce it better that time? That was better. It's almost as hard to pronounce as Buttigieg. There you go. Um, Anyway, the Supreme Court is going to hear a case. They're going to hear a case. And it's a big case. It's a case that our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom have been pushing for several months now. In fact, going all the way back to July of last year when they had filed a petition for a writ of certiorari. They asked the Supreme Court to hear a case. That's right. I just like to use the fancy Latin terms because anyway. I don't get to do it on Sundays like some people, John. Yeah, okay, yeah, so I yeah. got to do it on Mondays. <laughs> I all mean, right. you can if you'd like. <laughs> uh, the uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, the case is RG and GR Harris Funeral Homes case. So I want to, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, I'm going to read from their actual one pager because I think it's significant. And John... On the break, you said this is a slam dunk, so I'm, I'm going to let I you I feel like it is. I feel like it is. Okay. Let's hear. So here's the significance. It says, whether a court or government agency can usurp the role of Congress by redefining the word sex in federal law to mean gender identity. And this is the background. Since 1910, the Harris Funeral Homes have administered to grieving families in the Detroit area. Employees of the small family-owned business work hand-in-hand with those suffering the loss of a loved one following policies designed to meet the needs of the families they serve. In 2007, this multi-chapel funeral home hired a male employee who agreed to comply with these policies, kind of like Raphael agreeing to give up his last name. Exactly. Uh, Including... One of these policies was the company's sex-specific dress code, which is crafted to emphasize professionalism and keep the focus on those mourning the loss of a loved one. In 2013, however, the employee notified uh, the employee notified the funeral home owner Tom Roast uh, that he had intended to begin dressing as a woman at work while interacting with the bereaved in violation of the company's dress code. Tom determined that allowing this would not be in the best interest of his clients processing their grief. He offered the employee a severance package, which the employee refused. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission then targeted the funeral home for prosecution, seeking to bring about its own political goal by rewriting sex, quote-unquote, in Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to mean gender identity, quote-unquote. The U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit adopted the EEOC's argument and rewrote Title VII. Title VII is a federal law intended to ensure equal opportunities in employment regardless of a person's race, color, religion, national origin, or sex, that is male or female. Sex and gender identity are not the same thing. Sex treats someone... Uh, Sex treats whether someone is male or female as an objective fact based on biology. In contrast, gender identity is fluid and difficult to a difficult to define concept based on subjective perceptions. Right. So basically, the law of Title VII was drafted in the 70s and said you can't discriminate against someone on the basis of sex. It did not say on the basis of gender identity or perceived gender identity or 
gender expression or transgenderism. None of that stuff was foreseen in the 70s, mentioned in the text of the law, talked about. The word sex was used. Biological sex was not a category on which you could discriminate in most cases. So what has happened in the last really five years, in the last five years, many on the left have looked at Title VII and similar state laws like it that prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex and said, well, that term sex there, that includes within it uh, gender identity, gender expression. And that's just not logical. That's not correct. It's not what the actual definition of the word sex means, which is the word that's used in all these laws. Sex has a very specific meaning. It refers to certain biological realities. It doesn't refer to your gender ideology or your gender expression or your gender identity or anything like that. It just refers to, frankly, it refers to parts. Um, it doesn't refer Gen- to speaking, parts yes. as parts. Um, so it doesn't refer to gender identity or expression, but the left wants it to refer to those things. So thus they just came up with this creative interpretation. So what the Supreme Court is being asked is, well, what does this mean in federal law and resultingly in all these state laws that were passed around the same time? Does sex mean, one, what its actual dictionary definition means, two, what the legislators who adopted this legislation meant and intended, or does it mean this new meaning that we're just sort of importing in based on our 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19 sensibilities. Because it's so clear that it refers to biological sex, I feel like this is a slam dunk. Uh, you, you are a little more optimistic than I am. And and I'm I'm hopeful. I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm also I like I like Justice Kavanaugh's rulings up to this point. I generally like Justice Roberts on so many things, but there there's going to be so much intense pressure. I just wonder what is going to uh, what is going to be the case. Well, it's just uh, I think Roberts gets a bad rap because he had one bad decision, right? The Obamacare case, and frankly, I thought his ruling was incorrect. But it was incorrect for non-ridiculous reasons. Um, I could understand his argument. It was a legitimate argument. I just disagreed with it. So I, I, I think something like this, though, this is so clear cut. It's so obvious that the word sex has a certain definition. It's obvious that the word sex was not intended to mean all these other things and that this is purely judicial and regulatory activism on the part of the left just reinterpreting words to mean something they don't mean and bypassing Congress to do it. I don't think Roberts, who really respects legislatures and what they do, I don't think he's going to respect executive regulatory overreach to accomplish some desired policy goal circumventing Congress. I, I certainly hope you are right. And I I have a gut feeling you're right. I've just been burned so many times. We'll be back when we come back on Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty, or as I believe John's wife, Holly, said, 
Welcome back to this week's episode of Candy Talk. <laughs> yes. Uh, Candy Talk, according to my wife Holly, is the best radio I've ever done. So, uh, good I to mean, know. To be fair, that could be... She could be translating that or transmitting that from your daughters. So they may appreciate it as the best radio. I think Holly might. No, I, most of the stuff I talk about is so uninteresting. She, she's candy talk is probably, you know, hitting, hitting her right where she lives. You know, John, at some point we we do need to do. I don't think we have enough time to do it today because I haven't even been following it. But we need to do a uh, NBA playoff edition of. Life, family, liberty. Talk about Russell Westbrook melting down and Ooh, losing, see. losing again. Probably going to lose in the first round again. Wow. Is he that good? Should they trade him today, or you know, after the season's done? Yeah, I think be, so. That would be interesting to Overrated. say the least. Overrated. Uh, I now, you can maybe tell me this. Did the uh, did the Clippers come back and manage they won to lose one game? They won one. So but is it now two to one or is it three to one? I think it's. I think it might be three to one. I think it's okay. three to one. So I mean, that, that was pretty. It was pretty remarkable. If you, if you eh, don't follow, yeah. uh, you know. Okay, so it was one game. Anyway. We'll, we'll shift back. We'll t- we can talk about this all more later on a future episode when I actually know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to talk a little bit more about a uh, couple of these things. There, there are still tons of news that we could talk about. There's as a whole Mueller report. Yeah, there's a whole Mueller report, which is a little bit outside the normal normal discussion that we talk about on the show. But I will say. It is kind of funny. Uh, I, I listened to the first segment of the Hugh Hewitt show. There's our Ding. obligatory mention. Um, listen to the first segment of the Hugh Hewitt show today. And Hugh uh, opened every segment by saying, oh, hello, America. By the way, the Mueller report is still over. And then he went on with the rest of the show. <laughs> um, that is, I think, kind of fair. Now, yes, are there things in the Mueller report that make the president look bad? Absolutely. Are there things in the Mueller report that make some of the people that work for the president look bad? Yes. 100%. However, are there things that rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors that warrant impeachment? Eh, Is there I, anything that rises to the level of a crime at all, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I kind of I kind of don't think so. No. Now, I, um, I, I do think it's rather hilarious that you have now such a division within the Democratic Party where you have... Elizabeth Warren, who was saying, all right, that's it. I'm calling for impeachment. Yeah. I'm going to be leading the crusade in the Senate where it has absolutely no chance of happening. Because when you're running for president in a primary, uh, staking yourself out as I'm going to have the moderate position just doesn't work. Like, nope. No, you got to be you got to be out there and you got to stand out from the crowd. So she's she's all out there. There are a bunch of people in the House who are all out there. But then but, you, you also have Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer and others that are saying, no, 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 we don't want to do this. Don't you guys remember what happened to Bill Clinton in 1998 when Republicans impeached him? And it didn't hurt him not, one iota. Not only did it not hurt him, but... The, it actually made the Republicans look worse. Yes, and the Democrats did not win back the House, but they won back enough seats that they significantly injured the Republicans in the House and the Senate. So much so that the bombastic firebrand Neil, uh, not Neil, excuse me, Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich. Neil Gorsuch and Newt Gingrich. They're both NG names, so I'm just getting them mixed up. Different people. Newt Gingrich. One is uh, way hotter than the other. Well. Gosh, that Newt. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say Neil Gorsuch does have a pretty uh, gravelly 
you know, I, I'm just kidding. Velvety voice. I'm just kidding. It's Newt pretty King, great. Newt Gingrich is not a handsome man. Mm, anyway, not really. No. Anyway, but Neil uh, Gorgeous. Neil, Gor- Neil Gorgeous. I almost call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah, I mean, that works. Oh, hey, that hey. is a Freudian slip, mm-hmm. we might say. No, uh, nothing Freudian about that. Um, so, the, anyway, uh, Neil Gorgeous um, uh, is not the person who was leading the Republicans in the House, yeah. but Newt Gingrich uh, actually had to resign. I mean, he, or he chose to resign, even though he had just won re-election. In 1998, he decided to resign because they realized, wow, we we basically staked everything we were doing on impeaching Bill Clinton and these horrible things. And the American people said, you know, now yeah, we got another election in two years. Let's just nah, let's yeah, just not yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that in this case, it is something where a lot of Americans may look and say, yeah, d- d- do I appreciate all the things that are revealed in this report? No. I, I don't. I would. I prefer that my president was pure as the driven snow, and uh, I would like him to always tell the truth. Sure. I mean, John, if you were faced with a choice of anybody in office and George Washington, I think we'd all, all pick George. We'd all pick George Washington. I mean, come on. I mean, th- there is no question. And that does not mean also, it's not a false choice to say, okay, yes, if you can't have George Washington, you know, can we never hold our our elected leaders accountable? No, no, of course you can. But I also think that the results of the Mueller report, Mueller-Mueller report, uh, have really kind of shown that a lot of the investigation was a... um, It it, it was a prosecution in search of a crime. Yeah. And can, can you say, as someone who used to work not only as an attorney, but someone who actually used to work for a district attorney's office at one point. Yeah, yeah a little bit. A little bit. Very, very little bit. Can you explain the, the whole concept of kind of process crimes and obstruction of justice? I well, I know, I know we yeah. can't do all of that in five minutes, but just yeah. a brief so overview. So the idea behind – so President Trump was being investigated for uh, – under the question of was there some kind of coordination or – Conspiracy. Was there some kind of crime committed that involved Trump or people in his campaign working with Russians to perform certain illegal actions? Okay. Was there a crime of conspiracy for the illegal actions of hacking the Democratic uh, DNC servers and Hillary Clinton's servers? Okay. The hacking of the DNC servers and Hillary Clinton's servers was a crime. So did President Trump or his campaign in some way participate in that, whether by agreement, whether by, you know, whatever. The question was not actually, did the president collude with the Russians? People keep using this word collusion as if it has a very set dictionary legal meaning. And it doesn't. It's a very loose term. It just means interacting with, more or less. And it's not actually illegal to collude with people from a foreign country if you're in a campaign. Uh, The Clinton campaign was clearly colluding with foreign entities to get dirt on President Trump in the form of opposition research. That's what the Steele dossier was. So colluding is not illegal. It's illegal to specifically participate with foreign powers who are committing illegal acts. Okay, so if you're if so, that's what the investigation was into. And based on that, I was totally confident the whole time that the Trump campaign wasn't colluding. I, I there was no evidence ever presented that the Trump campaign. Excuse me, that. That's why I was confident that the Trump campaign was not engaged in any illegal actions because no evidence of that was brought forth. There was but no John, evidence. they only had two years. Yeah, to well, find well it. exactly. Two years and millions of dollars later, they we only find had out that nothing happened. 
They there, only had 19 that's, prosecutors. That's why I, I never agreed with the appointment of the special counsel in the first place was because there was no factual basis given that President Trump or campaign associates or anything ever had anything to do with the hacking of Hillary Clinton's servers or the hacking of the DNC servers. And that's the crime, was hacking those servers. So there was never any evidence that Trump had anything to do with that or anyone in his campaign did. So why appoint a special counsel for it? You only appoint a special counsel if you think the entire Justice Department and the entire executive branch is too compromised or to actually investigate it fairly. Now, the argument that many on the left are using is, well, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. And that because President Trump allegedly took a bunch of actions to slow down or to hinder the investigation into these crimes that did not happen, that he was committing obstruction of justice. So obstruction of justice is doing something that is intended to impede a criminal invest an investigation. All right. That is done on that is done with a corrupt motive. Now, the problem is, how do you prove that President Trump had a corrupt motive? If President Trump this whole time was thinking this is a pointless investigation I know that this never happened. This is a big distraction for my presidency. And I am the chief law enforcement official in this country. I can I have the authority to direct law enforcement personnel under me to investigate things or not investigate things, to prosecute things or not prosecute things. That's part of the president's job. He, he's like the chief prosecutor, more or less, the chief prosecutor for the United States uh, Department of Justice. He can make these kind of prosecutorial decisions. He also has full power to hire and fire people within the executive branch. So when he fired James Comey, people say, oh, that's obstruction of justice. Well, no. James Comey was a cruddy FBI director for a lot of reasons. He was ref he was refusing to say that Trump wasn't involved. He was refusing to say publicly things he was telling Trump privately about whether Trump was the focus of the investigation or not. But, John, this is and, he had, and frankly, in fairness to Hillary, he totally bungled everything with her investigation, one, by making it public, which hurt her, but two, by not really thoroughly investigating her, uh, which cuts in her favor because she's, you know, still, you know, she's not in any legal jeopardy right now, and maybe she should be. So President Trump but John, he does all these things that are within the legitimate power of the executive branch, but because so many on the left are saying, well, he did this with a bad motive because he wanted to hide something. The That's the other part why the argument that, oh, he had a corrupt motive, that argument is weakened by the fact that it's hard to have a corrupt motive when you have no crime that you're covering up for. And there's no evidence that he ever did any crime. So, yeah, like people make this big deal that, Oh, he he ordered his lawyer to fire the special counsel. Well, his lawyer didn't do it right away and convinced him not to. So the fact that he wanted to do something initially and then changed his mind, somehow that is obstruction of justice. He never actually did it. He never fired the special counsel. He never stopped the Russian investigation. Even when he fired James Comey, he let the whole process play out. He was... he didn't hide anything via ex executive privilege. He was totally forthcoming with the Mueller people. Yeah, he you get to see all of the, you know, the how all of the sausage of gover of government within the Trump administration is made and some of that's embarrassing, 
But frankly, there are plenty of presidential administrations who, if they were as transparent and forthcoming as the Trump administration was, they would have a lot of embarrassing crud on their on their hands, yes. too. Let me tell you, if Eric Holder ever had to release all of the documents associated with all the decision making and all of the uh, talking and agreements about the Fast and Furious probe, where somehow a bunch of Mexican drug cartels wound up with federal government paid guns that were used to kill uh, a border patrol officer and commit a whole bunch of crimes. Yeah, that stuff would probably look pretty embarrassing to him, too. So it, it I feel like the whole thing is turning in is just going to be a big fat nothing burger. <laughs> and I think that that is probably the case. Now, there's a lot of other stuff that we're going to talk about. I'm sure that next there week. will be remnants of this report that will linger as more drips and drabs come out, there'll be hearings and things. But there's a lot of other important stuff going on, folks. The reason that we we bring it up today is just to point out that now that it's finally over, we can hopefully hopefully move on and wait, stop talking about it, and talk about some of the other really important issues. We should start a website called moveon.org. Yeah, that would be oh, a great I idea. I think that URL is taken already. Darn it. We'll be back next week, folks. God bless from Life, Family, Liberty.